good morning and welcome again to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm the lead pastor here and I want to send a just a special welcome to everybody here and also those of you that are joining us online. Welcome. If you are here for the first time, we are so glad that you are joining with us. After service, I am always by the connect table out in the lobby. So if you are new for the first time here, I would love to connect with you and just say hi. So please, after service, come by and, and say hello. Uh, before we get too far into our service though today, I want to uh, both thank and celebrate our our youth leaders, because this weekend we had our youth lock-in Friday and Saturday night, and half of our youth leaders didn't get any sleep this weekend. So can we give a round of applause to all of our youth leaders that sacrificed time and energy to make sure our youth feel loved? And um, I was fortunate enough to be able to go for at least a couple hours, um, but they were it was weird. I was there, and they decided to um, do something that wasn't very nice to me. And so I think I have a picture of it. Um, yeah, uh, I just showed up, and they decided to uh, get a bunch of shaving cream and um, do that to me. So um, you guys know I'm, I'm dedicated. I will, I will do this to show our youth, that we love them and care about them. No, it's actually kind of fun. We had some Bible questions for the kids. We had a Bible trivia, and if they got it right, they got to shove a plate full of whip, or not whipped cream, shaving cream, right into my face. And so I had probably by the end, um, you know, 15, 20 plates of uh, shaving cream in my face. So, uh, but I'm here today. I'm safe. I'm healthy. And the kids had a blast. Uh, there were no kids injured during the event. So I think we can give a round of applause for that. Safe kids. Everybody's alive. Uh, but no, it was a great time. And I, I really do. Our, we have some great youth leaders and we have some great youth. And it's, it's awesome to be able to provide a fun time that they can uh, just be together and learn, learn more about God. Um, if you are new today or if you're not, we have a QR code that you can connect with us through. With this QR code, you can see uh, everything that is coming up here at Press Church, and it also allows you to um, do a bunch of stuff. There's links there that can help you uh, sign up for things. If you're not life group, you can get in a life group. If you're not serving on Mondays, every week we uh, serve with the Delaware Dream Center um, to help uh, serve families in need. And so if you don't do that, you can sign up through that. If you're new, you can let us know that you're new through this as well. You can say, hey, I'm here for the first time, and I will reply to you and say thanks for joining us. Uh, and the last thing is through this you can give. If you are somebody that uh, calls Press Church home, there's three main ways you can give. We have a, a text to give number. Uh, we have a link through the QR code, and as we also have a, a box by the back exit as you leave if you'd like to support that way. Um, and everything that you do uh, goes to making sure this ministry happens. All the good things that we do, uh, your support uh, makes happen. So we appreciate those of you who give and are generous uh, to our church. Um, I do want to mention, you know, Jason brought up the Middle East, and I, I think that, you know, last week I was talking to my small group. I was hesitant to say anything because I just felt at a loss for words of, of what's going on, and I felt like, well, you know, I get up here and I'm supposed to be a voice of authority, and it's like, I don't have good answers. I, I don't have the answers, but I do think what Jason said is so true. At the end of the day, we have to believe that prayer matters. We have to believe that the prayers that we offer matters. And as a church and as, as followers of Jesus, I believe that we should fight against injustice. And we should fight against evil and do that in the ways that we can. So I would encourage us to continue to pray uh, and continue to trust God, which is really the point of our series that we're in right now. We just started, and it's a series called In God We Trust. Um, but there is a little question mark at the end. Uh, do we trust God? 
Last week, uh, I started the series with a big point that said, uh, God owns it all. God owns it all. In life, we tend to believe this lie that we are in ultimate control of ourselves, of the things around us. Uh, and one of the ways that we fight for this control is by what we own, by the things that we have. Approaching life with the understanding that God owns it all helps us get to a place where we trust in him more than trusting in what we have. With God owning it all, it ultimately puts us in a place to be stewards of that which he has given us. Uh, and when it comes to being stewards, one of the biggest places that we seem to struggle is with money. All you guys are here for the first time like, oh gosh, they're, they're saying the M word, money. It's church, we're saying money. But that's one of the biggest areas that we struggle with when it comes to stewardship is with our money. It's an area that we tend to leave God out of. Um, and it's also one of the, the biggest places that we put our trust in. And so we work, as we work through the series, we continue to ask the question, and, and can we say the phrase, in God we trust? Every week here at Press Church, our teaching team, we get in a car, and we put up some GoPros, and we film ourselves talking about the message for the day. So I'm going to direct your attention to the screen. Have you watch this video. Well, this, I mean, this is week two, and we're still talking about money. I don't know if people want to stick around or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I war we warned them. We did. We gave them a heads up. But yeah, it's 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 got to be talked about. It does. I'm, Jesus talked about it all the time. If it because of, of what it brings out in us, yeah, like it, it it shows you, you know, what your trust is in. It shows you where your priorities are. When I think about generosity, generally speaking, I think of it as an antidote to selfishness, to mm. egoism, to because. If I am generous and giving away, then I am trusting God. Mm -hmm. And so generosity and giving becomes a practice that helps me stay connected to God. It's a spiritual discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And there is this healthy thing that comes out of uh, starting your financial position uh, geared towards God. Because when you start with that yeah, generosity so piece yeah. first, yep. then yep. all of your choices after that follow out of that right yeah. and and a lot of times um it helps people go i wasn't really looking at how i was spending money mm -hmm. and yes. i was spending it in yes. weird and yes. frivolous ways yeah. or whatever and when they actually start stop to examine like how much am i giving to god mm. and then what what does that force an examination mm -hmm. on after that point, yes. uh, they see a real shift in their life, like yeah. in a positive way. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the hard thing is so many of us have not started with that foundation. Right. So yeah, change. It's, it's hard to change, change yeah, that. Because it is a flip. Yeah. Like it is a change of uh, priorities. Pri yeah. Change of priorities. It's, it's, it's kind of a yeah, mindset shift in general. So that change can be hard. Like, yeah, right. I think that's why, you know, anytime the church does talk about money, it can be so, it, it, yeah. people, uh, tense up and get, yeah, it uh, pokes it, it pokes it, <laughs> your, 
where your because, heart is. Yeah, right. yeah, you know. But that's their control piece. You know, again, talking. Yeah, you know, yeah like there are. It's all piece, of us, like, right? Mm -hmm. We all struggle with this thing. It's not like you know, it's a unique to you know one particular no, group of people. Yeah, yeah. It is a issue with the brokenness of humanity, where we put our faith, our trust, in the things that we think can make our, our lives easier or yeah. better or right. uh, you know more comfortable or whatever uh, less painful you yeah. know because well, life is hard what we say you know it's my money right <laughs> well it's actually all gods right, <laughs> right. I mean, we talked about that already yeah, yeah. It's, so yeah, it's yeah, not right. actually I mean it's yeah I, I'm I'm managing it, mm -hmm. but it's not ultimately mine. Yeah. And, and so, but we have this possessive because we want to control something. Mm -hmm. But I mean, ultimately we're, we can't control when we die. We can't mm -hmm. control when our hair goes gray. Well, I guess we can color our hair, but it's still gray underneath. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, like, and, and our attempt, our attempt yes. to be in control. I can't <laughs> stop aging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so I'm not, they're trying. I, yeah. yeah. I, Again, well, all slow, it down, trying to... slow it down, <laughs> but I mean, the, the earth still moving. Right. Yeah. You know, so th there's just yeah. the sense of like it, first of all, everything is God's, but yeah. I mean, and also I'm God's, mm -hmm. I belong to him yeah. and, and he, he made me. So at some point I just got to admit it. Yeah, and, and start living like and it. And then yeah. start it's, living like it's it. It's one thing to go, piece. yeah, you know, I'm God's, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then just go, well, I'm going to go, you know, spend all this <laughs> money on whatever. And, yeah. you know, uh, and it's fine if you have money and you can spend money on certain oh, yeah. things, whatever. That's not the situation. We're not trying to vilify that. But it's like um, there is a real uh, issue there when you're seeking of pleasure and the good things mm. in life come before yes. uh, d giving to God, yeah. you know? Yeah, right. You pursue that more than you pursue a relationship with God. Right, right. That's when the problem kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to take a second before I, I move into the main part of my message today. And just like everybody, take a deep breath. Right? Everybody in. <sighs> Exhale. All right? Just allow God, whatever we talk about today, and like I say, it's, I don't mind talking about money because I think it, it brings a lot, of, a lot of stuff out and is, is good spiritually to talk about. But I, I do want this to be a space that you actually hear from God today. I don't want this to be something where you're just sitting there and reacting and getting frustrated or something. But I, I truly hope that each of us today can, can just listen and allow God to speak to us. Really, today's message, and we, we talked about it a little bit already, is, is just a continuation of last week. Uh, I mentioned the fact that, it's, it, that last week we worked through the, the fact that God owns it all. Everything is his. He is creator. And if that's true, then there's implications for us as Christ followers in how we live our lives. If he owns it all, it means that ultimately we are the steward. We mentioned that. We are the steward. Part of our identity as Christ followers is we are stewards. We talk about identity a lot here at the church. Part of, it's part of our vision statement. Help people embrace our identity in Christ. Part of who you are is a steward. God has given you something. And each one of us sitting here, watching online, wherever you are today, has been given something to steward. The body that you're in. The family that you have the abilities you possess, even your potential to learn and to grow. When you think about each of these, they are not something that you controlled or had a say in. You don't have a say 
ultimately in your in your potential, you can't say, oh, I want my potential to be higher. You can work hard, but even that ability to work is a gift given to you by God. It's in, in all of these things that we are responsible to be stewards. So last week, God owns it all. That's, that's, that's last week. This week, we are moving even forward further, and this week is, we are not our own. Because, because of who God is and the fact that he owns it all, we are not our own. I referenced this verse last week. It's Psalm 24, 1, and it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So right there in that verse, the earth is the Lord's and everything. God owns it all and all who live in it. We are not our own. My verse today is in 1 Corinthians 6. If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn there. But if you don't, you can look at the screen here. And it's verses 19 and 20. It says this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? Here it is. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. The Spirit of God is in you. Followers of Jesus, the Spirit of God is in you. I don't think we let that soak in enough to our daily lives or let that truth settle in. The Spirit of God is in you. It means something. And if you look at the context of this verse, I know you guys probably didn't have a chance to read through uh, chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, but this, this verse is within a section about sexual immorality. It talks about fleeing from sexual immorality, and it mentions uh, that, that with sexual sin, you're actually sinning against your own body, the body that God has given you. And while our focus today is not on sexual sin, this verse reinforces the big idea of us living as a steward. You've been given a body. You are a person How are you stewarding that? How are you honoring God with that body and with what you have been given? And all that we are and all that we have are a gift to be stewarded. We are not our own. This thinking is in direct opposition to our current culture. If we we just like, think about it, like, it kind of makes me even squirm a little bit saying this out loud, because so much of our culture wants to say that we are the ultimate authority of ourselves. I mean, that's, that's the, that's this, the, the truth that we live in. I control, I, I'm, I'm, don't tell me what to do. I'm in control. I make the decisions. I'm the ultimate, I am the higher authority. You don't have authority over me. I am my ultimate authority. I, I mean, not to get political, uh, that message is actually next week. But a common phrase that we hear, my body, my choice. It's, it's, it's mine. I make the choice. I am the ultimate authority. It seems natural, doesn't it? Like, you don't control what I do. I'm, I could walk off the stage. I could go slap somebody in the face if I wanted to. Like, I'm my ultimate authority. I do what I want. And yet we miss this big idea that, that I'm actually not my own. There is a higher authority. And I, and I think part of the problem here is that we actually think that we take care of ourselves, of ourselves better than God takes care of us. And, I, and this is where the trust piece comes in. 
I think I take care of myself best. And ultimately what it is is a reflection of the fact that we don't trust God enough to take care of us. I take care of myself, and I do it best. And yet last week as we introduced the idea that God often calls us to do what is counterintuitive or unnatural to our way of thinking. By doing this counterintuitive thing or unnatural thing in our way of thinking, we actually are forced to lean less on our understanding and more on him. When I do something that doesn't quite make sense to me, it's, especially when it comes from God, it is, is, it's saying, God, I trust you enough to do something that doesn't make sense to me. And scripture is riddled with that. You look through scripture and countless times we see somebody being called to something that doesn't make sense. Why, why would I do that? Why would I do something that doesn't make sense to me, that seems like it's going to put me in harm's way or seems like it's going to put me at a disadvantage? Why would I do that? And God's saying, trust me. And that's the battle. That's the battle we face. Can we actually trust God? It's the whole point of the series. Can I actually trust God? I mentioned this last week, the idea of of tithing, giving a tenth, your first fruits. This is a counterintuitive practice. It doesn't make sense to give away the first fruits. And yet it reflects a heart posture of you trusting in God. The, The normal thing to think, the first of what I get should be for me. And yet a discipline of tithing reformats our minds from what is natural thinking to focusing on something that's unnatural. That's focusing on God and trusting him. And it's not to be done out of guilt. It's not to be done out of just being persuaded, but it's actually to be done out of joy, to be, to be giving out of, of a heart of generosity to say, God, I get to be a part of something. I get, I get to, to, to do this with a body of believers and support something. But what we do so often when it comes to money is we do all the things that we want to do first, and then if there's something left over, then maybe I'll give to God. This makes me uncomfortable because it's true in my life. I get what I want first, I bring in what I want first, I think of myself first, and maybe, depending on how much I've spent this month, I'll I'll give to God. And then we even say, what's that, giving to God? The church isn't God. I can make reasons why I shouldn't give to a church. And I know that all of us out here are good at making that excuse too. We've seen people misuse money We've seen churches be manipulative. We've seen it spent on bad things. But at some point, this idea of of giving your first fruit, giving that first part and saying, God, you know what? I'm going to trust you with this. And I'm going to trust that that 90% that's left over, that that you're going to 
allow me to make ends meet. You're going to allow me to do the things. You're going to allow me to, to live. And I know everybody here, everybody's got a story in here. We're all in different positions financially. But if you're actively trying to convince yourself why you shouldn't give, that might be an indicator of something. That might be an indicator of a heart posture that you have not submitted to God. And again, this, this message, it's hard for me to, to dig into some of this because you don't know my heart. If you're new today, you don't know me. This is the first time you've ever heard me. You're like, who's this young guy talking about money? I don't know anything about this guy. But there's a truth within this. There's something spiritually within this of us actually thinking about where is my heart in this? Where is my trust? Am I willing to give God every part of my life, not just my time, but my resources. And maybe that looks like supporting a church. Maybe that looks like supporting a ministry that helps the underprivileged, that helps people grow in their faith, that helps make a difference in the community that they're in. Just maybe that money is spent for good things. So really, I think it comes down to this question that I, want, I really want us to ask this today of all of us. If, if God owns it all, and I am not my own, how does this impact how you live your life? If these are, if these are true statements, and maybe you don't even believe this yet. You might, you might be here and be like, I don't believe that God owns it all. I don't believe that I'm not my own. Maybe you're, maybe you're there, and you have to, that's just where you have to start. But if you believe this, if this is something that's actually true to you right now, how does it impact your life? Do I trust God enough to live my life in a way that reflects who he's called me to be? And that very well may start with taking a look at how I spend my money, what I spend my money on. If, if someone were to look at where your money goes, would they be able to see that God is a priority in your life? Do you spend more on TV subscriptions than what you give to supporting the poor? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know your budget. I don't know what you spend your money on. But I know for me, I need to take an audit of what I spend my money on. And I need to be able to say, if I'm going to get up here in front of you, you can guarantee that I'm working through this myself. How am I showing that I trust God in what I do? And I can honestly say, since the age of whenever I started my first job, that's one thing I am very thankful for. My parents, if nothing else, almost forced me to tithe from a young age. I remember my mom, she would, she would write down the checks that I would get from my first job and say, I haven't seen a tithe check in a while, do you know? You know, she would remind me. And as much as that was annoying and I didn't want to, and you know, when you're 16, 17 years old and you're spending hundreds of dollars to a church, you know, that, that feels like a lot of money to you. And yet it was in that that I built in the discipline of tithing. Not because I had to, not to make me a good Christian, because I wanted to, 
I wanted to be able to let my actions follow what I spoke. If I trust God, then they should be able to tell. And so from a teenager, I started to tithe. And that's been something that, you know, I got married and my wife and I, that is something that we do consistently. I met with a, a young gentleman who visited our church and we went up to coffee and, and I, he's like, you know, what, what do you, what do you want from uh, somebody coming to your church? And I was like, well, you know, I want them to get connected. I want them to, uh, you know, serve and be a part of a group and I want them to give. And, you know, well, how much? And I said, well, I tithe. That's a tenth, a 10%. And he goes, his eyes got real big. What? And I'm, I'm not here to say, like, hey, I'm, I'm great or anything. But I will say, like, I don't come up here, like, telling you what to do if I'm not willing to, to do that myself. I want how I live my life to be a reflection of what I say I believe. You don't have to tithe. You don't. You could go home today. Nope, pastor, I don't have to tithe. Sweet. You don't. It's not going to make God love you anymore. But I do think we need to be able to allow our actions to follow what we say is true. If we say we trust God, and if we say we're going to be followers of Jesus, then this is one area that I believe that we all need to open our hands with and say, God, what do you want from me when it comes to money and to giving? Am I willing to step into that? So I, I would like to challenge us today. Um, a couple weeks ago, we mentioned that, you know, as a church, we have some needs. But I would like to challenge us today. And there's two parts to this challenge. The first part is I want to address an immediate need that we have as a church. We have a practical financial need as a church. Um, this building costs a lot of money, both the mortgage and the upkeep, roofing and HVAC. We, we have an immediate need of, of, of money. If, if nothing changes, we, we mentioned that we're going to be spending around 30000 more than what we bring in this year. That is a practical need for this church. Um, and this is a generosity piece. I am going to be asking you for generosity. I'm going to ask you to be generous towards that, to fill a, a practical need. And, and I, I just want to say, this, this cash need is not a, a matter of us overspending or being frivolous. It's, it's really a matter that this building takes up a lot. It takes a lot to, to steward this building. And I'm going to invite you to be a part of that. If, if maybe you're here for the first time, you know what, cool. If, if press is going to be a place, sweet, we'd love for you to be a part of that. But for those of you who call press church home, I'm, I'm going to ask you to consider being a part of filling that gap. And I want you to pray about it. Because maybe, maybe you're not going to give to it. Maybe you do. I'm not going to take note of that. I'm not going to treat you any different if you say yes or you say no. And hopefully you know me well enough by this time that, that that's true. But I do want you to pray about that. So that's the first part of my challenge is we have an immediate need, and I would like for you to prayerfully consider being a part of filling that gap. 
The second piece that I want to challenge us in is the ongoing support of the vision of Press Church. And just like the first challenge, there's a practical need to this, but there's also a spiritual component. The practical component is I would like to challenge us to be committed and consistent givers to the church. And that's the challenge. Be, com- be consistent and be committed. If you're someone who only gives when you make it to church because you travel for work or whatever, you know, we like to miss Sundays here and there, but I would, I would, con- I would challenge you c- to consider setting up online reoccurring giving. It's one of the beautiful things about, about the uh, giving online, things like that. You can set up an, an automatic thing. I have that set up for myself. It's set up every month to go out. I see an email, I get reminded, and it goes out. I do this because I know I'm, I'm going to forget to do it. If you are somebody who isn't here consistently and only gives when you're here, I would ask for you to prayerfully consider setting up consistent giving. And when you consider giving consistently, I would like to challenge us to have a percentage in mind. You don't have to tithe, but have a percentage in mind. I think a lot of us go in and, and we, we make the joke that we're tippers, not tithers. Hey, if, if, I, if I had a really good message, sweet, throw in some, yeah, great. I'm not going to get any of that today. I realize that. No, one, no one's tipping today. I get it. It's, it's fine. You don't have to apologize. I get it. But think about a percentage. Go to your budget and say, you know what, I'm going to allocate. I've, I've never actually sat down and said, I'm going to give a certain amount, and I'm going to trust God with that amount. I would challenge you to do that. If you're married, sit down with your spouse. Have that conversation. Hey, what does it look like to set a certain amount to the church? And then the last thing I would consider is if you are somebody who already gives consistently, I would challenge you to consider tithing. Maybe you are somebody who's given to the church before and it's, it's, you've just set a number. I would, I would challenge you to consider tithing. Again, this is something that reflects our trust in God. It's something that reflects our heart posture towards God. And in Scripture, the Israelites were instructed to give their first fruits. So I asked us, what would it look like to actually align our budget to give our first fruits, to give that first part to God? And that's really where the second component of this comes in, is that it is a spiritual issue. If we care about developing Christ followers, it will force us to examine how we live our lives. And my desire really is to see us approach this challenge through a heart of this current series, and that is a heart of trusting God. Do I trust God? Am I living out of fear, of lack, or am I trusting him that by prioritizing this life of generosity, he will actually take care of us? So in the end, I'm asking each of you to be invested and what God has called us to do as a church. We just got done with the series a couple weeks ago. And for a month, you got to hear different stories of families within our church that have been impacted by this ministry. You got to hear stories of people growing in their faith, putting their faith in Jesus, getting through hard times. That's what this church represents. It's people who get cared for. It's people whose lives are growing because of this ministry. And it's, 
And it's through you that that happens. We talk about making a difference. Church, we are making a difference. And it's because of each of you stepping into what God is calling us to do. But the story isn't complete. There's other people in this city that need to hear the hope of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. Hundreds of people within earshot of this building. Life is hard. Life is complex. So many of us are, 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 have been so disconnected that we feel alone. And it feels empty. And this church offers a place for us to grow and have community. And so I'm not going to be ashamed to have this message. I'm not going to be ashamed to say, I need your support. Because I've seen the change in people's lives. I've seen the growth. I've seen what we've done. I've seen the faces of, of people getting groceries because of the fact that we were going to support local mission work. I've seen those who are sick and had people from the church taking care of them. I believe in this. This isn't a, a thing so I get a raise. It's so that we can actually do the mission that God has called us to do. So as much as I'm going to ask you guys to work through what you trust in, I'm going to trust that God is working in each of our lives. I'm going to trust that he's going to, to, to do what needs to be done. And that's all I can do, to be obedient and to trust. So just to recap, I, I want you to be prayerfully, I want you to prayerfully cons prayerfully consider those challenges. We have the immediate need, immediate cash flow need, but we also want to see people step into consistency and being committed. And I, and I know that, that through that, it'll stretch us, it'll cause us to need to include God in what we're doing, and that's important. Dylan, you can come up. This thought that keeps coming to me as I think about church and why I do what I do, and I know some of you know the story of press, and some of you are here for the first time, and you, you don't know my story, you don't know me from anybody. But something that I continue to think through is I, I don't want to get down the road and just look back and say, I just live my life for me. Like, I, I want to do something with my life. I want to mean something. I want to, I want to impact people. And that's part of, like, even our mission statement here. You know, it's like, we want to make a difference. It's, it's so easy and natural to just think about me and what I want. And at the end of the day, like, if we, if we can get a group of people that, that are more focused on helping others and being supportive and, like, then I don't have to worry about myself because I know that, let's say I give too much. I know I've got a group of people there to support me. <laughs> let's say I, I outgive what I financially can actually do. I've got, a, a, I've got people. I've got friends. 
that will take care of me. I'm saying worst case scenario. I'm not asking you to do that. Like, be financially responsible, please. But even if you were to be like, oops, I gave too much, I can't make my bills this week, guess what? There's like countless families here that would be willing to step in and say, oh, we got you. That's what the church does. We help each other. I want my life to mean something. I want to do something with this life. And I'm, I have the privilege of being up here and getting to invite you and those of you watching into that. I'm inviting you into this journey with me. What does it look like to try to make a difference in Powell and beyond? What does it look like to see people step into faith they've never stepped in before? You get to be a part of that. And maybe that's not cool to you. That's really cool to me. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> that might not excite you. That excites me to, to know that the work that we do impacts people. It helps people know Jesus better and grow in their faith. Be praying about it. Don't do it out of compulsion. Don't do it out of feeling bad. Don't do it out of whatever. Like, I, I want you to, to truly approach this in a way of what does it look like for me to trust God with my stuff? If he owns it all and I am his, how do I steward this life best? Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. And I thank you that, that you love us. Not, you don't love us and when, we, when we're perfect or just when we do things right, but God, you just love us. And God, I pray that that in our lives, that we would be able to, to live a life that reflects our trust in you and our, our trust in the love you have for us. Not that we do things just to get back or we do things to, to be more loved, but God, that we do things because of who we believe that you are and who we believe that you are calling us to be. May you soften our hearts. May you speak to us, God. God, we trust you. I trust you with this church. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my family. And I pray that we all would continue to grow in, in trusting you more. Trusting that you actually have better for us than what we can even imagine for ourselves. I thank you for who you are. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and join us as we continue in a time of worship. And I pray that we...